0: Welcome to the Reminders of Grace podcast. The Reminders of Grace podcast exists to provide a reference for truth, promote a refocus on the gospel, and provoke a profound reminder of grace for our lives today. My name is Derek, and I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you so much to every single one of you that took the time to listen. And connect with me through comments, through social media messages, through text messages, um, or even in person. And I am truly humbled, honored, and grateful for each of you. And I'm just amazed at how God has already used this podcast to encourage some of you. And thank you so much for joining me on this journey. On the last episode, we waded into the waters by examining what we're doing here on the Reminders of Grace podcast and then why we're doing it. Um, And then we took some time talking a little bit about who I am, a little bit about what my story is. And if you find yourself just joining us for this episode and you missed the previous one, I encourage you to give it a listen as you are able. But this week, I am so excited to be taking a deep dive into an incredibly important topic in fact you could say that this is the most important topic that we will discuss on this show and though this episode by no means whatsoever will remotely come close to exhausting all there is to say about this topic in fact in the big overall picture it will barely scratch the surface It is a topic that needs, that requires, that demands our attention. It's not just for professing Christians or followers of Jesus, it is for all people. It's not just for today, it is for all time. And it's not just of great importance, it is of highest importance. The topic today we have chosen to phrase as a question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Over the years I have had the privilege to hold conversations with many people from various walks of life and backgrounds, differing religious or spiritual experiences and upbringings, different cultures, different generations, etc many of these people have flat out said the words i believe in god many have said i pray to him i've read the bible which trying my best to make the presumption of best intentions i believe it i have no reason not to But in the very next breath, or shortly thereafter, when the name Jesus comes up, it's almost like they have been incredibly offended. What I have concluded, in my opinion, is this. There is a level of comfort, even if it's low, talking about quote-unquote God. Because we can tend to make God whatever we want him to be. Now, it's not accurate, but we tend to make God, quote, whatever and whoever we want him to be. The discomfort or the uneasiness, though, that is felt when talking about Jesus comes from the fact that we can't make him whatever we want him to be. We either believe him as he is or we don't. We either believe him as he was presented in the word, as he was manifested in the world, or we do not. And I think this is a reasonable and a logical place to start because of this. Throughout all of human history, from creation to the present and stretching forward into eternity, there is but one figure that towers over all others one person that inherently rises above all peoples one name that banners above every other name there is no room for argument there is no space for a difference of opinion there is no outlet for a debate it is Jesus and there's a cosmic period slapped right at the end of that because that is true hear me because it is true not in order to make it true, but because it is true, we really need to have an understanding and an answer to the question of, well, who is he? Who is Jesus? And so I want to spend this episode today examining just four inseparable answers to the question of who is Jesus. Again, this will not cover everything, but it'll be enough to give us a picture of who he is and this is how we'll phrase it I know Jesus is I know this to be true about Jesus I know Jesus is the creating catalyst of all things creation is what started it all but creation is not where it all started if that is confusing Don't worry, I want to try to clear it up. The idea for creation had to come from someone, somewhere. And I venture to purport that the idea for creation started with the creator. The idea for basketball started in the mind of James Naismith. The idea to create something had to come from a creator. But if creation is what started it all, then something had to exist prior to that in order to have the idea to create something. And within our finite mortal minds, we'll never really be able to fully understand, to fully comprehend all of the intricacies of eternity. The fact that something, and more specifically someone, existed before everything exists is a little bit mind-blowing but that's god that's god for us creation is what started it all but for god creation is not where it all started he always was he always is he always will be And John 1 gives us about as crystal clear of a picture as we're going to get as to who was involved in creation and what Jesus' rule would have looked like. And he says that Jesus, and what John calls him is the Word, the Word was in the beginning. In fact, before there was a beginning of time, he was there. And again, we're not going to fully grasp it. And I imagine for some of you, if you're like me, you're the analytical type. You're the cognitive understanding type. If you were to take the Enneagram, you would probably most closely identify with like a five. And so to a degree, you're not loving that you can't fully wrap your mind around it. But that doesn't make it any less true. This is the truth about Jesus. John writes of Jesus that by him were all things created and without him nothing was created that is created so if something was made plain and simple jesus made it paul echoes this same thing when he writes of jesus by him all things were created in heaven in earth visible Invisible, and so he even goes a step farther and he says, Even the things that exist that you can't even see, Jesus made those things too. He says, All things were created by Jesus for Jesus. And later on, John repeats himself and he says, You, speaking of Jesus, you are worthy, and we'll get to that in a minute, to receive glory and honor. And power for you, Jesus, have created all things. You've created everything. And for your pleasure, they exist and they were created. Jesus is the eternal God and the powerful creator of all things. I know these things to be true about Jesus. And I know Jesus is the collective embodiment of all things good. Or can we say it this way, the collective embodiment of all things God. While Jesus is the eternal God, he is not an ethereal being. Jesus was not just a spirit, he was not some force that moved about, he was real. He really lived, he really died, he really rose again bodily from the grave everything about Jesus was and is real God says that he the father says that he was pleased to have his entire fullness his essence, his being, his deity be embodied by Jesus Jesus was not some man who became a god He was not God that stopped being God so that he could become a man. He was in fullness, in earnest, and in completion both. And again, maybe you're there with me and you don't particularly love that you can't fully wrap your mind around it. But it is the truth. John 1 tells us that the Word, again, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw his glory john says i walked with him i talked with him i listened to him we saw his glory the glory as the only son of the father full of grace and truth and then he goes on to say we have all received from that fullness from the embodiment of the essence of god of the being of god of the deity of god from the embodiment of the glory of god we receive we get to benefit from it and we get grace upon grace jesus was the embodiment of the glory of god and he was able to do that being the only son of god being god the son he is god period Over and over, there are countless testimonies and affirmations uh, to him being God. John called him God in the first words that he records for us. Peter called him God when Jesus and Peter were having a conversation and Jesus said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus called himself God on numerous occasions. And these were not the claims of a crazy person. These were not the jokes of a comedian looking for attention. Jesus was serious, and people believed that Jesus meant what he said because they sought to kill him every time he said it. Thomas, who is a follower of Jesus, who is most well known for... Doubting, for not believing. Thomas says, unless I can see the nail prints in his hands and put my fingers into the hole in his side, unless I see it, I won't believe that he's risen. And then Jesus appears and shows him the nail prints in his hands. And he tells Thomas to put his hand into his side. And Thomas falls to his face and he says the words, My Lord and my God. And then to top it off But not to finalize it Not as if it's the last time But to top it all off The Father himself calls Jesus God In Hebrews chapter 1 It says But to the Son, the Father says Your throne, O God Is forever and ever And on and on we could go But here's a couple of things That we really need to understand Everything that Jesus is, he is all of it. Everything that Jesus is, he is all of it. All the time, all the way. And we could never exhaust a list of all the things that Jesus is. He is love, joy, peace, patience, he's kind, he's good, he's faithful. He's holy, holy, holy. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's steadfast. He's sovereign. He's just. He's righteous. He's pure. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He is all-powerful. He is truth. He is so, so much more. Jesus embodied all of these things all the time, all the way. And I know these things to be true about Jesus And I know Jesus is the central figure of the entirety of scriptures Someone said if you want to know what the Bible is about Look to Jesus Not specifically because he has the answer But because he is the answer After Jesus had died and rose again, he showed up to a couple of his followers as they traveled a well-known road in Israel. As he walked and he talked with them, they had no idea who he was. But the scriptures tell us that he began to teach them, and that he started at the beginning. At the beginning of what they would have considered to be at that point in time their Bible, he started at the beginning. And he goes into the law, and he goes into the writings of the prophets, and he said all of these things concerning himself. From this conversation and from that statement alone, the conclusion is reasonably drawn and arrived at that the entirety of scripture is about Jesus. From before the foundation of the world, from before time began, the intent was to always point to a redeemer. It was to always direct our attention to the person of Jesus. And while the gospel narratives give us a peek and they allow us to glimpse into a brief moment in the present of the life that Jesus lived while on this earth, every writing after that is meant to point our attention back to him. So everything before points to him. We get to see it Him a little bit in the present And then everything after points back to him And while Jesus might not be mentioned on every single page by name His people are His plan for the redemption of his creation is And when we look at the scripture Whether in personal worship, in group studies, or in corporate gatherings The goal is no matter what the topic No matter who the characters on the page No matter what, we have to find Jesus in it. It is the burden that we bear. It is the burden that followers of Jesus and students of the word bear finding Jesus in his word. It is not about inserting him into places that he is not. It is about seeing him in places that he is. The goal is not to be like Joseph, like David, like Daniel, like Paul. The goal is not to be like the Bible heroes and characters that we think of. The goal is to see how we can be more like Jesus. The plan to redeem, to reconcile, to restore relationship with his creation is woven within every fabric of the pages of scripture. We cannot escape the centrality of Jesus within Scripture. I know these things to be true of Jesus. And lastly, again, not the last thing I know to be true of him, but lastly, for this episode, I know Jesus is the crowning commencement of all eternity. I know that to be true of him. Crowns have always fascinated me. I'm not 100% sure why. I used to love when Burger King gave out those cardboard crowns when I was a child. Humble, open, and transparent moment. I do still wish that I could do that, and it wouldn't be weird that I could still put on one of those cardboard crowns and people wouldn't think I was strange. But without getting too technical, in Scripture... There are two words used for the word crown in the New Testament. One is the word Stephanus. This would have been very similar or the same as a leaved wreath given to an athlete following the games or following a sporting event. This may have been the same as a a leaved wreath given to a general returning home from a victorious battle. This is the term used when referring to the crowns that followers of Jesus will receive. For the service that they have done for Jesus on this earth, that they in turn, when they get to heaven and stand before him and see him on his throne, will cast down at his feet. The other word is the word diadema. It's only used a couple of times, like two or three. However, only royalty was allowed to wear this crown. But here's something real interesting. Only one person, only one character, is shown as being worthy of both crowns. And it's Jesus. He's worthy of it because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the God of gods. He is worthy of it because he has, because he does, and because he forever will reign over all the created order. But also he is worthy of it because he literally won it. He literally won it. Every enemy that has fought for the title, every alleged contender that has sought for the right to wear this crown has lost out to him. The devil had this plan to defeat Jesus so that he could finally wear this crown, so that he could be like the Most High like he always wanted, but every single one of his attacks have fallen or will fall woefully short sin lost to jesus because jesus lived a sinless life and through that sinless life he proved that he is the only one worthy to pay the penalty for our sinful lives and through his death on the cross he simultaneously relinquished sin of all of its power The grave lost out to Jesus because that Sunday morning, 2000 plus years ago, the stone started to move and nothing could stop it. Death lost because Jesus is alive today. He's never going to die again. Jesus remains the only all time undefeated, undisputed champion. Because Jesus is God. And because as God, he won this crown. The word we're looking for here, we mentioned it earlier, but the word we're looking for here is the word worthy. Friend, if there is but one thing that you take away from this episode, though, I do hope you take away more. But know that Jesus is worthy. He always has been. He currently is He always will be. When the cosmic period is placed at the end of time, when all is said and done, every note will cease, every other lyric will silence, every song will come to a full stop. No refrains, no repeats, no transitions, no encores. All that will remain and echo on for all eternity is he is worthy. I know these things to be true about Jesus. This is who he is. Again, by no means an exhaustive study, but enough of a deep dive to give us an understanding and help us. I hope this episode has encouraged you as you listened, as much as it encouraged me as I prepared it. I want to hear from you. In recent weeks, who has Jesus been to you? Maybe it is one of these things, and you've just been reminded of that today. Or how has God, through Jesus, reminded you of his grace? Has he shown up as a provider in time of need? Has he shown up as a sustainer through an extended difficult season? Has he shown up as a strength in a rough situation? Whatever it is, tell me about it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I want to hear from you. You can connect with me at RemindersOfGracePodcast at gmail.com. That's Reminders with an S of GracePodcast at gmail.com. Also, please make sure to leave a review and click on that subscribe button wherever you engage with the podcast to be certain that you never miss an episode. And as you head into your week, as you navigate through your journey, as you face whatever you face, or as you seek to live on mission, be reminded of his grace and know that no matter what, it is always every time greater.